Hey everybody, welcome back to Late Night at the Homestead. I'm your host, Tay. And I'm your host, Rach. And I'm your host, Sam. And welcome to episode 44. Woo! Sounds good to me. Sam, whose number is that? That's somebody's number. It is Hank Aaron's number. He holds the uh, record for home runs in baseball. Sam is in a baseball like coma right now. So that's why I like the beginning of this episode. We always got to talk about sports because... <laughs> He's having a great time with the Philadelphia sports teams at the moment. So. I am having a great time. Knock on wood. Sports. I'm going to knock on wood, though, because oh they Don't play this us. week. Yeah. I'm going to fact check. Continue with the episode. I'm going to fact check myself. If I am wrong, we're coming that out to make sure. Okay. <laughs> well, today we are super excited to chat with our guests and stoked to get to know them. And just by our short convo we had before, I think it's going to be a great episode. So, Erpers, please welcome to the podcast, Alex, a.k.a. Suspicious Blogger on Tumblr. Hi, Alex. Hello. Uh, I think uh, Suspicious Blogger is actually just on my Twitter. Uh, My Tumblr is Surreal Wanderer. Which I think your TikTok is also Surreal Wanderer. It's like a mix of the two. Yes. Yes. Okay. My Twitter is different because you can't change the actual username. And I made it like years and years ago. A so. co- common problem among we may have been yeah. talking before we started i'm sorry i'm wrong barry bonds holds the home run record Sam. Took stars. sorry hank aaron is number 44 but barry bonds holds the record but it's debatable just because of steroids but continue with the episode <laughs> we were continuing sam and then you just came right back in there we can cut that out <laughs> alex it's good to see you it's good to meet you yeah it's good really to good to meet you, meet you. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, we're, we've never met before, but this is going to be so fun, I have a feeling. Yeah, I'm not very active on Twitter. <laughs> so you are a little bit all over the place on the internet when it comes to Winona. Did you yeah. find the show through the internet or how did you stumble across it and have your journey begin with so all of I everything? I started out, I think it started out with me wanting to rewatch old uh, media, like representation that I had had growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started rewatching the L word. <laughs> oh God. And That's then, a which is like, that, that was like all there was when I was yeah. like a young teenager, there was the L word mm-hmm. and then uh, it already existed, but it took me a while to find it. There was South of Nowhere, which is like also. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, you know it. What show? I do. South, South of nowhere. nowhere. You can't really find it anywhere. I had to watch it. Like, it's hard to find. Really bad sites. I watched that back in like 2015, I think, is when I watched it. I watched it probably in like 2012. So That's I was so like, cool, I was like the age of the characters. I was like younger than the characters. <laughs> I definitely recognize the name, but I definitely haven't seen it. But I wonder where I would have even heard it from if it's so inaccessible now my only thought yeah. is um doing queer as folk research maybe I don't know it wasn't even like that accessible then I think it was it was made like a number of years before I even got to it and like I had trouble finding I think I did okay finding the first couple seasons but like once I was like got further into it I like could not find it for like the life of me it took me forever that sucks that's the worst I don't think I even know how to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So you found it in the midst of going back to all those older shows? Yeah, so I started watching The L Word, and then I watched, oh, what did I watch next? I know I watched, oh, Xena. I think that was the next thing I watched after that. That's what, like, got me, like, hit the ground running, like, in fandom and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I watched Xena for, like, all the way through. I'd watched a bit before but that was the first time I watched it all the way through was at the start of the pandemic and like right when I needed like something to sing my teeth into and just like hold on for dear life (laughs) and I did um so I got super into Xena I watched it all the way through and then I watched it with Xena Warrior podcast and then I was like reading all the fix and stuff so then of course like being on like Xena Tumblr it led me to like uh well at Xena Tumblr and also listening to shows mentioned on Xena Warrior podcast so I ended up watching like Killing Eve and Supergirl and um like a bunch of other stuff that I can't think of right now <laughs> but I ended up watching Winona Earp and that was like the next like really big one that I like went completely nuts for like mm-hmm. that's the one I went as nuts for as I did for Xena 
and partly because like they're kind of similar in like their like campy humor and like the queerness of it and all that but was the show airing currently or like did you have a point that I you had to catch up to watched not long after season four came out okay so like mm-hmm. the fall after season four came out I don't I have a terrible sense of time I don't remember exactly when that was that's understandable <laughs> like was last year year before last year 2020 um, 2020 so like fall 2020 first half yeah 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 okay and so you just absolutely ate it up and you knew that it was going to consume you and you needed to be on the interwebs for it I think it took me a second I was liking the first season I was literally just listening to an episode the other day of you guys talking about like how some people like don't like it at first (laughs) like I I liked it okay I didn't know I was gonna like lose my mind over it (laughs) Gotcha. Um, but that's how most people go yeah. into it that yeah. don't know what it yeah. is like it's a good starting season it's a good pilot but like it does take like a sec to like really like hit full force sometimes when I was watching it the first time I'm like what the fuck am I watching I was watching episode two earlier and there's this bit where she's they're in shorties and like the revenant comes in and um and Gus is like get the gun and and we release like what gun and so then it uh why is like trying not to look at the gun and then when she does look at the gun it, it does zooms like this in. Oh, zoom. it does that yeah. zoom yeah it doesn't even like so... zoom in it just does like a circle that closes yeah. in on it yeah it's like a <laughs> windows like, movie maker <laughs> transition moment i don't know if it's a hot take but like i'm so glad they didn't keep up with that because it rem- it's like oh yeah that was too much it was I just was a so hair too far there with the cheesiness <laughs> I wonder, that is a good point though. I wonder if that was maybe like further or deeper than just an aesthetic choice in post. I wonder if that had to do with maybe how they were trying to give her some powers because that is like very specific and it doesn't happen again. Well, I think yeah, they probably maybe. wanted to try to bring in the comic book aspect of it too, because mm-hmm. I know they do that's that in comic books. Oh, they'll like, like black hole one certain yeah. thing if you're looking for like treasure, they'll like black hole it, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that's what they tried to do. I had some thoughts, but I really like that thought because they definitely do some comic booky stuff, like mm-hmm. um putting the camera mm-hmm. on her gun and like having it yeah, like point yeah. at her. Yeah. Those that's really fun. fun. I like those. But, like, there's definitely, like, a few ways they could have done that. Like, they could have done, like, a rack focus where, like, they're focusing, like, on, like, the over the shoulder of, like, Winona mm-hmm. and them. And then they, like, focus, like, change the depth of field so it's focused on the gun. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that will, would look, like, way artsier than, like, the tone of the show. Especially <laughs> so, for like, episode two. Yeah. yeah so I they think, could have done, I like, think... just, like, a zoom and post. But, like, they mm-hmm. really went, they really went full cheesy on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think they they learned as they kept going because... I think there are some shots like you just mentioned further on in the seasons, if I can remember. So, I mean, like more artsy shots, not so much of those kind of shots. Yeah, yeah they definitely so, find a groove. All of us probably yeah, watching it. They find that balance. Myself. Again, what the fuck are we watching? But even the show could have been like, they didn't find their identity for a minute. Yeah, like, the, I feel the like pilot, they didn't why even they know if they were trying to like be in Canada or the US at first. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And they still don't even know, even after season four. <laughs> yeah, there's like a lot of open carry weapons happening for anywhere, probably, but definitely for Canada. <laughs> Maybe not anywhere. <laughs> there's okay. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was saying that that is an editing version of them all finding their groove, and you can totally tell character-wise that they all like nestle into their little niches and become the characters but I feel like if you've watched like the panels and interviews and whatnot you realize that it's more of them becoming themselves within the characters yeah I love that you see that leak through as they get further into the process of making the show and it's that would I think maybe to other people that could sound like I'm saying it's a bad thing no, I but think I'm that's not such a good I, thing. by any means. I'm saying it's amazing and it's part of what I think makes this cast work so well together because you can see that happen with every single one of them. Oh, absolutely. And like, I mean, I think that's kind of what acting is. Like, I've done a little bit of acting in like theater and like thinking from like a 
director point like you you pull out like parts of yourself and you exaggerate them so I think like when you're able to tap into like something like real within yourself like that creates a performance that's like really consistent and unique which like I mean I know we see like Mel's sense of humor coming through a lot in Winona and then of course like the throughout the whole thing like Kat and Dom are coming into themselves as like queer people like regardless of mm-hmm. how uh open they are with it publicly over that timeline but like it's definitely mm-hmm. something that's happening within themselves and like informing their performance a hundred percent you'd mentioned that it took you a bit to become obsessed with it do you remember a specific scene or episode or moment or character that had <sighs> you hooked I feel like it happened in steps um mm-hmm. oh, explain So I'd just come off from, I think I just finished Supergirl. I was not feeling very trustful of queer media. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking a lot about queer bait and like barrier gaze tropes and stuff and like just everything the CW has done. <laughs> um, For good reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some beef could ramble forever about that, but um so so I come in very guarded but like immediately like episode two we've got stuff happening with like Waverly and Nicole and like it's not subtext it's not hidden it's not discreet it just is there and like it's it's right there out in the open it's right there in season one like they're not hiding it and so that was my first sort of moment of like I think this is gonna be this this is gonna be a fun time (laughs) Mm -hmm. if nothing else um I think like, I just felt, like, more and more so, the more I watched, I fell in love with the characters, and especially, like, Winona, because she's such, she's, she's a female protagonist with, like, such depth that we do not see enough. Like, she is flawed, she is unladylike, she is, like, she, she is not a pulled-together girl boss, <laughs> and, like, I love it, I love it so much, and that's, like, it's my favorite freaking thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so how how stoked were you when you found out that it was pretty much filmed in Calgary in Didsbury which is kind of your neck of the woods so it's kind of funny actually so I started watching and I think I knew um beforehand uh my brother actually also recommended this to me so Ooh, I saw it you got a good I brother. It come up amongst I know my family has are we allowed to swear oh fuck yeah Yes, go for it. My family has fucking taste. Like, I watched But I'm a Cheerleader for the first time because my dad just thought it was a good movie. I wasn't even out. He was just like, you should watch this. It's funny. He wasn't even like, uh, and then like, he was like hey, this could help. I don't think at that point. Okay. Um, <laughs> but like, I had yet to start sifting through like the queer section on Netflix. This is before I realized it about myself. <laughs> um <laughs> right yeah and then like last like winter he was telling me to watch like Priscilla Queen of the Desert which I still need to watch but I know it's good I know it's good I need to watch it um (laughs) oh I lost my train of thought Uh, oh yeah so um yeah my brother had recommended it to me a while back and he'd been kind of bugging me to watch it because he's like you'll like it he'd been like getting sick of me talking about Xena actually (laughs) but he's like I think you'll like this um and so I actually forgot that he'd told me that it was filmed in Calgary until um, a specific shot in one of the first, like, within the first four episodes. I don't remember which one, but, like, Dolls uh, goes to, like, get his um, whatever, like, medication he uses to, like, keep his mutation mm-hmm. of vague nature <laughs> under control. Um <laughs> And the bench, they're sitting on a bench and yeah. like you can see like the quote yes. unquote like big city like in the background. Yeah. I was like, that looks like, and I was like, wait, that is, that is Calgary. That's literally, that's literally <laughs> where I live. Like, that's why it looks familiar. <laughs> and then I was like losing my mind. I was like, I totally forgot. This is amazing. So I got even more excited. I love those moments. Just watching any show and like, you know, where you see where it's filmed. And it's like anything for me, I live like near Philadelphia. So anything that's filmed in Philly I'm always watching it's like oh I've been there I've been there I know where that is so it's always fun just to have that recognition that was me when I found out about a league of their own watch that I, I'm so hyped that I was get filmed, everyone to watch it where it's filmed so in good. Pittsburgh where I'm from like, like and I found that out or... yeah everything nice. was filmed here yeah 
and I was geeking so hard. Nice. It's funny because it's harder to catch with stuff filmed in Alberta because a lot of the time it's filmed here, but it's trying to look like it's somewhere else. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, so like watching Winona Earp and just like straight out seeing like the bow building or whatever it's called, like a big like curved building. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's here. <laughs> and then I did the same freaking thing to myself a few weeks ago. I watched the first couple episodes of Tribal, which is also filmed in Alberta um, and in Calgary. Um, and they've got like this helicopter shot, like this big like, because they're, I guess because they're in a helicopter. So they've got like this big shot going overhead over the city. I was like, huh like oh yeah this is from here (laughs) that's why that's why I know about it do you think that recognition played a part in you falling in love with the show absolutely I do um in love with the characters and the writing and like the campiness and all of that but as somebody who lives in a place that is like so conservative and like there's so much queer phobia around me every day I I see my community, I see my little pockets of people, and I know lots of people, but I don't, Alberta doesn't see us, and the world doesn't see us, and um, when you get those, like, conservative sorts of rural areas, you know, people go, like, oh, I hate that place, and including people from there, I hate it here, I want to leave, which, fair, if you're being discriminated against, that's a fair feeling, but, like, when the world looks at a place, and it sees only um that specific conservative attitude and like the government it has elected um we forget about like the other communities that are thriving there like the arts communities queer communities um all these people who are doing amazing progressive things or who are creating like great art and I think that's something that kind of happens a lot uh, in media like you see sort of stereotypes with southern accents which doesn't necessarily directly pertain to Alberta, but you see things, um, stereotypes with like Southern accents and like really um, bigoted attitudes. And that's all you see of those places, but that's not yeah. all that's there. Yeah. Um, you're speaking to like, I, I'm sure we have very similar surroundings. Uh, I mean, like, fuck, we're in the same time zone, but I'm from Northern Idaho. So it's, it's that what you're saying is too true. Um, and it sucks, but I I do also relate to the show being in an environment where I, it feels like where I'm from and it's portraying everything that isn't portrayed in my version of that. So it yeah. is really cool to see these queer people of all different storylines, really, and these new descriptions of family that are just not even questioned um and it's in such a normalizing community. way too mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really cool that they don't take the time to introduce or like explain things which normally happens to anything created in a setting like that they feel like they have to explain it because they're yeah. assuming that that same crowd is watching it or to win that crowd yeah. over Um, well and like living in that environment oftentimes you mm -hmm. do have to explain it you do you do but in this is a setting where like you're on screen so you can just Mm -hmm. talk at the audience and expect them to catch up (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's like one of the appeals for filmmaking for me because like having those conversations explaining those things explaining why I use mobility aids or like anything to do with my gender presentation it's exhausting and I don't want to I don't want to go through that conversation every day, but if I make something, I write it and I put it on screen, I get to say it exactly how I want to say it on my terms. And then everyone else gets to watch and discuss it amongst themselves and not bother mm-hmm. me about it. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really fucking beautiful. That is beautiful. Right? I've been learning boundaries the past few years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really cool that you have that not only that connection to it, but that view of the connection. Yeah. Because that's huge. It's that's big. It's had an impact on like me and the relationship with the place I live too. Like I have definitely spent a lot of time with that attitude of like, I want to get out of here. Like as soon as I fucking can, like, mm-hmm. I hate this place. Mm-hmm. And like, I still, it's, it's, it's fucking messed up, <laughs> but 
I've shifted my focus away from like, how soon can I get out of here? Where can I go to like, while I'm here, what can I do to build this community and to like contribute um, all the positivity I have? And what can I do when I do come home? Cause I probably will leave at some point, like the altitude is rough on my asthma and my arthritis. So like I kind of have to at some point, ideally, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like I will come back. And I didn't really think much about wanting to do that except to visit like my mom and my brother mostly. Mm-hmm. But like, there are people I love here and there are other queer people for me to like come back and like just be around and support and be supported by. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah some of the prettiest places have the reputation of the ugliest people and it's tough to deal with but just to hear you say that you find things in that space that you would come back for whether it be a visit of any length or even just to consider it or think about it or remember it that's huge too to find those things that are worthy of your attention and your remembrance for Mm -hmm. a place that has beat you up I'm very much informed by Winona because like if you look at like the women of the show they each have a very different relationship with purgatory Waverly's like I love this place I love it to death I want to stay here forever like and then there's Nicole who came there and like chose to be there and like found Mm -hmm. her family there from wherever she's from in BC. I don't know if it's mentioned. Um, and then there's Winona who like, who did leave as soon as, as soon as she could, she like got the fuck out of there. And then when she had to come back, she stayed for a while. And when it came to leaving again, she was like, I'm gonna leave. Cause like, this is what I, what I feel, what I feel and what I need to do. But like, she knows that she will always have a tether to that place and she will always come back and she will always care for the people who are there, even if like that doesn't take um, the simplest form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she left on a very different note um, on the motorcycle than she did on the bus or whatever yeah. it would have been the first time. And that's yeah. like one of my favorite arcs throughout the whole entire show is that arc of her not wanting to stay, but then not wanting to leave. Like Waverly is literally having to force her to leave, and Waverly's like, "You're gonna come back. This is your home." In the beginning, it's right there on the mailbox. She like, give her a hug. me too. Yeah. Like yeah. I could cry just fucking. I'm thinking about, about it now. Oh my god, <laughs> not all of them. I was spill my tea. I'm just like thinking about. It. I haven't thought about it. Spill the tea, yeah, Sam. Spill the tea. Cheers. <laughs> um, I want to talk about season four. I love season I four. <laughs> <laughs> me too honestly yeah, it holds a special especially place if you're a production yeah person, you work in production there's a lot you mentioned a little on. bit uh i'm learning a whole bunch of different but things in like the so, film industry and tv industry uh so i like i'm in school for it so i'm learning a whole bunch of different things i'm learning writing production directing Damn. editing all. like all that jazz yeah so partly figure out exactly what i'm gonna do what i want to do I'll tell you what, though, I don't want to be an uh, AD. I don't want to be an assistant director. There's too much paperwork. I just did it, and I hated it. (laughs) It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But uh, I did not get any of the paperwork I was supposed to get done on time for doing the shooting. Mm. So now I have to do a whole bunch before before we can hand our stuff in. (laughs) So what was your favorite episode of season four? I I think uh, it's been too long since I did a rewatch and I've got so much information in my brain, but I was thinking about this before I came on. I think uh, the Halloween episode where like they lose their memories mm-hmm. and like uh, Winona and Waverly are just like running around like being loopy mm-hmm. <laughs> and being besties. My wish for, back then it was 407. So like we had the 07s. My next 07, which would have been 407, my wish during season three was that Nicole and Winona end up high, like somebody oh breaks around. Right. It's like the classic mix up. Like that was my wish. I wanted that to happen so bad and it didn't, but I feel like it happened. I, that, that was my dream coming true was that Halloween episode <laughs> was probably the closest I was going to get to that fantasy of an remember, episode. I feel like and I could see so like well. a, like a, somebody made some brownies 
and Nicole mm-hmm. had no idea. Yeah. And maybe right. Winona knew exactly what she was doing when she ate them. <laughs> And Nicole had no idea. Yeah. And then next thing you know, they're like both on the floor. <laughs> they were being on Twitter right. the week prior. And like the costumes had gotten posted, like the production or whoever was in charge, like posted the costumes. Like, so we knew. They released you. the promo photos. And we knew Doc was going to yeah. be Freddie Mercury. And then we knew. Oh my gosh. Really I think you look better in that outfit really. than Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Sam didn't look good. <laughs> Having bisexual feelings. He and did look pretty knew, good. Like, yeah, he did. What costumes Winona and Waverly were wearing that like Waverly had the cop shirt on and Winona had the shorty shirt. And we just all the theories coming out were just hilarious the entire time. And no one we didn't know about the Stetson coming back either. And the khakis. Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. You guys well, it was in the trailer. It was in the trailer, but we didn't know what episode. Yeah. And I wouldn't have guessed the Halloween. Oh, you got a Stetson. You have a Stetson? I do. I bought it after I finished the show. Naturally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hell yeah. I couldn't resist. Look at yeah. that. And so I was like, yes. There's certainly some uh, culture and attitudes associated with the Stetson, associated with <laughs> Calgary, uh-huh. <Yeah>. Alberta. <laughs> So, of course, I had to, like, um, take some embroidery thread and put some rainbows on oh, there. Oh, you made it gay. It, oh, my gosh. That's show so terribly cute. well, but I think my Twitter picture might have it. Um, yeah, yeah. That is yeah, so cute. I took forever, but, like, oh, it turned out so good. I'm so glad. That's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I just, I love the Halloween episode because I feel like that's why Nona and Waverly, if they didn't have the burden of the herb curse. That's mm-hmm. how they would be able to act all day, every day, if they didn't have the burdens just of having fun everything just that they've had in their siblings, life. Being siblings. Yeah. 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 And like enjoying Halloween. Yeah. Enjoying life. Because <laughs> one of them, Waverly was really into Halloween at like the start of the episode, right? And then I think Wynonna said she hated yeah. it. And then like once they were like, they'd lost their memories, Wynonna was like super into it. <laughs> Yeah, because just like forget the trauma. We learned at the end of the episode, like yeah. their dad locked Winona in the basement. I know like, they and they slip that yeah. stuff in there so casually. Like, what the fuck? What? Like yes. there's yep. never a whole big exposition on like their family issues, but like the just just little little uh, little hints of trauma here mm-hmm. and there. You just picked it up. <laughs> yeah, another like detail that came out in that episode that absolutely made me laugh so hard and still does every time I see it or even think about it is that when they're trying to figure out who they are and they're looking at the mail and the bill has like an overdue like a <laughs> stamp on it and that's so funny because that. <laughs> years everybody's like how do they afford to keep the lights on in that place and everything so to have Barely. them flash like an overdue bill is they can always afford so beer good. and whiskey and the latest the iPhones. iPhones. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Apple watches. Oh, I didn't even catch those. They got all that product placement. Mm-hmm. But never the bills. <laughs> or food, apparently. <laughs> I had a thought at one point where their money comes from, and I didn't write it now down, and now I'm kicking myself. Um, I know people a common thing is like that we don't know how much money. Gus yeah, that check that she wrote way really. in no. the very beginning. But I mean, Wait, um, yeah. Well, Winona was... used the cash to buy the Harley wow. off of Shorty. But then oh, Gus gave Waverly yes. a check mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, no. Um, uh, the, the, the auction. Somebody bought that in the auction and they talked about it. And in case you talked about it on their podcast, and I can't fucking remember how much on the it, check? it was like 2500 so yeah well so not enough to get them through four years but then you think another theory too is gus's house they had to have sold gus's house and that was a nice house that was waverly is smart though oh i can see that probably she probably might have invested it in some stocks some of that money but yeah that was a funny one and then to have that bill pop up i was like well played well played (laughs) because also it just would be like especially if it's in winona's name yeah. And just like so many like of those moments <laughs> of like what is them at their core. And like just mm-hmm. Winona's like unadulterated uh excitement about like the donut thong. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that part. It's like, how do we know we even know you? And he's like, 
isn't this yours? And then there's like, it's got like a, a bedazzled donut or whatever. And she just like, her eyes light up. She's like, oh, <laughs> that's mine. That is a good, ep- that's a really good episode. Yeah. And the so fact that it like aired in it. March, I remember Emily tweeting, if we can do when the Chris, I don't know when the Christmas episode aired, but it was like Christmas in the summer. And well, yeah, because the Christmas March, episode was probably, I want to say, in like August, mm-hmm. probably. Because they used to, they used to premiere. Yeah, it's like, in, what can't we do? They used to premiere in July. Yeah. And it, that was episode six of season three. So probably somewhere in August. But this, this would have aired closer. This would have aired yeah. in August if they would have not gotten a pause from COVID. Right. Um, the episode two, it has. It has a really good Jeremy moment of him oh, yeah. like saving the day. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy. That's another thing that I do really like about the Halloween episode. He's so cute. Isn't this when we... Yeah. He's a sweetie pie. He's a sweetie pie. Isn't this when we find new Ronan? Robin too? Yeah. So then do you gravitate towards the the snappiness of that back half of season four where they're just playing a lot with different monsters and whatnot? Oh, yeah. The thing about season four is it has like these episodes that are like kind of to some degree self-contained and like just like random absurd hijinks and I feel like we hardly get to see that on tv these days whereas like if you watch through say Xena like six seasons of Xena at six seasons and like I think a average of like 24 episodes per season so they've got like loads of time to do stuff like that and it's airing on tv so like it's and I mean in the case of Xena it's like kind of the start of serialized television aside from soap operas um so we've got all these like fun episodes that are like random hijinks which are just so character driven which is like very much true of those episodes in Xena where we've got like the Valentine's episode and we've got the Halloween episode and like it's it's uh it's not as focused as like on a longer plot arc which is also great and they do a great job with that but it's just like super fun just like really digging into the characters and I love that so much I feel like that's also kind of like a thing that fan fiction does and maybe that's the same reason it's I love definitely that <laughs> a lost art because I know what you're talking about like I love Grey's Anatomy very much and I've watched it since it was on and their their seasons are always 24 25 episodes long and you get those fillers that just may highlight a couple characters and it really yeah. is there to give everyone else a week off yeah gives a breather for the actors gives a breather for everyone else you know you get you get your kind of like quote-unquote filler episodes your bottle episodes and like you just get like fun wacky stuff the good thing with those is that it gives writers more chances to write yeah i mean that's how we got no life because it's typically yeah. for Urpus, typically like episode sevens and eights, yeah. like six, seven, and eights. That's typically the quote unquote filler ones because the beginning's usually heavy and the end's usually heavy. So they give us some little sprinkles of happiness in between, you know? Yeah. It's some like, let's like let them yeah. breathe and then let's let them get a little bit comfortable <laughs> and then let's rip it out from underneath them. Genie 409 oh, yeah. and then Raises fucking the Jolene comes back in three and 410. Like what a plot! Like what a twist! I remember watching Genie, and I was like, "That was one that I was just like, what the fuck are we watching?" And then it all made sense at the end when she's <laughs> giving that speech to Winona. I'm just like, okay, now it definitely made sense like the second and third time I rewatched yeah. it. But the first one, like, what? What is this episode? And like, who is this bitch? Because I kind of want to slap her right now. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it's like, okay, this makes this is very good and. Winona needs a lot of therapy. Yes. Season five for Winona going to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and her therapist is Ned Lee. <laughs> Winona gets better help. Oh, he'd be a good he'd be a good therapist. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Ned Lee needs a little some therapy too. Yeah. They all he's got do. some uh, he's got he made some comments, especially in season they need one. A family group. Just gotta they need family that. therapy. <laughs> I would watch that episode. <laughs> they could too. They could have like some sort of like weird, like supernatural character that like comes in and kind of like gathers them all together they could a hundred percent pull that in winona if there's some they could some being with a power that brings them together whether it be together or like we see the information coming out of them one by one in individual settings i feel uh, like we could have a strong bottle yeah episode. just lots of shorties like we're all stuck in shorties 
because this creature has given them some sort Wait, of mischievous yeah, they've challenge never had an that episode makes like them that. unpack their shit. <laughs> and every time they try and go through the door, they just end up back in shorties. Like the Groundhog Day episode. But there hasn't uh-huh. been like a group group stuck situation yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Like when they all have a secret. Oh, right. Doc's projected on the yeah, wall. Which is and so like cool. Doc's kind of there and they're mm-hmm. okay, okay. Because they were actually yeah. doing that live in studio too. Like he was in a different on a yeah. different set yeah i got creeped out by that i love that that's such a and he was literally getting buried alive <laughs> that's that's what i remember getting Tim buried saying alive. about that was that it made it seem way more real because it was it. in that moment that's scary catch up or yeah match and he's up. like i'll just stay yeah. like, they'll kind of like i'll it. just stay here he's like are you sure he's like yeah it'll be easier it's like mm-hmm. yep. like uh um the actor sorry i'm forgetting his name uh tim like he was just like i'll just stay here with dirt all over my face so like they are acting together just they're just literally like right. in real life also not on the same place whereas you watch that Amazing. on the show and you assume that literally everything that made that come together is post yeah and you would because that's usually the kind of thing that would happen well, and with something challenging like that especially mm-hmm. but um the industry so heavily leans on digital effects these days like mm-hmm. that's one of the other things I love about Winona is like it doesn't lean super heavily on like really high tech I mean there's definitely that budget there's definitely digital Limited effects budget. Or, but they're not um <laughs> they're, they're they're not the core of it and they're they lean into the campiness when they do like those those like revenant holes to hell in the first season or that's where i tell everybody to just like the first season they were trying to figure out everything and you like honestly any show though you really can't judge them by the first season because it everyone is figuring their shit out for the whole season like some of the best shows yeah like uh xena xena had a pretty strong first season but i still there was a lot of moments where i kind of had to like hang in and be like I know this is a good show and I know this is like part of like queer media history mm-hmm. I'm like by season two I was like losing my ever-loving mind <laughs> but like and then with Buffy too honestly I don't know if I would even watch the first season of Buffy again I found it very very slow but like it is a great show and that got a bunch of seasons Buffy did right yeah yeah I think Buffy got seven and Xena got six the only thing I know about Xena is that there are old con photos of Kat in a Xena sweatshirt. And those are like my favorite photos ever. Can you, if you know where that is, can you send that to me? That's so sweet. Yeah. I love. Yes, I love we will send like, this to you. Uh, there's like overlap with that stuff. Who is mm-hmm. I like, I saw a video of Kyler Lee, like from Supergirl just like absolutely gushing about Winona Earp and I was like she's I amazing this <laughs> we support each other in these fandoms <laughs> in this business when you find out your favorite actors are friends with each other it's just like it's like how do you guys know each other where's that story um back to the budget thing real quick I remember I think it was I think it was WandaVision they had like released the budget or just like say each episode costs like so many millions of dollars and emily's like i could make a whole season for- oh yeah i do i remember, remember this yeah. Yeah. she quote tweeted it and she was like i can make a whole season like- for a fourth of that budget or yeah. something like that right i was talking to somebody about this earlier today too because i have somebody in my class who kind of i feel like underappreciates the value of um um like student films and I'm like yeah but like you get so many good ideas and like this is where you start so it's um talking about how uh there's even like research on like limitations around creativity and how working with limited materials or in limited time frame or space like it it sparks like uniqueness because you have to think of all these sorts of creative ways to do to do things and you're also yeah, not overwhelmed by like options and options you just like mm-hmm. you work with what you have and you, you mm-hmm. make it happen oh which I found a video from like the special effects people who did the effects for season one and two um where mm-hmm. they're so at like the end of season one there's like that tentacle monster thing um mm-hmm. that like carries Willa off right mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. <clears throat> but I found a video where they're doing like a preliminary test for like some of the special effects or like practical effects for that. Um, so they actually, so of course they're like, they're filming in the winter, like they do. And um, mm. they found they found a really cool way to like make the snow work for them. So they actually, they buried this like inflatable tube under the snow. And so like, there's like, just like a big, like a big tube under the snow deflated with like snow on top of it. And then they inflate the tube and like, so like the tube expands, like it goes along. So it looks like the tentacle is like bursting out of the snow oh. and like, you can just see it like rippling. Oh, it's super it's cool. So I'll cool. send you guys the link so you can like post on Twitter too or whatever. We will. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I want to see that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yes, the, like there, there's a bit where like, it's like kind of like breaking through the snow. Like it looks like the tentacle is kind of breaking through the snow and pushing it aside, but it's like, actually a practical effect where like they had a tube inflate to like push the crest of snow up which like it gets me so hyped because like yeah cold weather and snow are such an obstacle but to like to see them like really making use of it is like it's uh, oh it gets me it gets me so hyped <laughs> as like a film student I'm like oh the things you could do especially since I hate snow too I'm gonna have a hard time filming in snow <laughs> I was like, you literally live in yeah. a pretty snowy area. Yeah, that's why they're always filming in, in snow because it'll. It's you know, no other option. Weird October, but like usually it snows from like we get our our first snow like early to mid October, and <clears throat> it'll melt and come back a few times throughout October. But by the time it's November, it's snow, 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 all the way until maybe probably March, and then depending on the year, a lot through May or on and off through May. And then also like on that. and off through April, I've even, I've seen it just snow in June. One time I saw it snow in July. That was no, weird, thank you. <laughs> but. No, that was my worst <laughs> Right? Idea. Yeah. One of the, yeah. yeah. And I don't do well in cold. That's one of the reasons I got to move one of these days. <laughs> um, but, and there's another scene too in, um, I think season one as well, uh, a shot of like the stone witch and it's like her back turned. I don't remember like what she's doing in that moment but the snow is so deep it's like it's like <clears throat> mid thigh height so what they've mm -hmm. had to do is had to clear a way for her to for, to take the shot but because of like the nature of like what they're shooting like we've got like this ethereal like mysterious like witch character with this big flowing cloak dress type costume so mm -hmm. it looks like she's just kind of glided and carved her way through the snow so it looks completely in place and it looks completely natural but like they worked with like <laughs> some hostile filming environments there like in reality somebody was digging that yeah up, like I do for my dog <clears throat> yeah. in the winter like if you and I'll see if I can find it um I might have like I might have it written in my phone because I just thought it was neat but um and like take a screenshot but um, yeah, so somebody literally, people like crew had to go in, would have had to go in with shovels to like carve mm -hmm. out a path for her. And mm -hmm. like somebody, of course, had the idea. They were like, oh gosh, are we going to have to do an alternate location today? And somebody was like, no, no, we can make this work. And they did. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I just think like, shout out to our crew. Right. Like, I think they're so Agreed. amazing. And our cast talks about them mm -hmm. so much in high regards. And I like, you can, you can tell that when you watch the show. Yeah how much detail they put into it and how much work they put into it. And like, even what you just said, like, you know, somebody or multiple people had to do that digging and just the fact that they're willing yeah. to do that. So they didn't have to move locations and like plan a whole reshoot. Like they, I, they're just the best. I wish they would come or like, I want to meet them. Like that would be so Yeah, cool. I was just thinking it's like respect to you guys. Yeah. Like Heroes. Willingly <laughs> God's work. being out in yeah. that weather. I know, right? <laughs> and know they got fluffy coats mm -hmm. i'm gonna be such a grumpy cat about it. they got coats they got gloves they got hats and everything but even so it's but so also, cold they're like the a cameras, whole like ball carrying... of clothes yeah. frostbite like... on your nose <laughs> yeah for real like the actors oh my god the things that mel has worn in that snow couldn't be me mm -hmm. like, all of them like, <sighs> at least we see them wearing some winter clothes yeah. i feel like so many <laughs> so many shows and so many movies you see like actors on screen and they're playing winter and they may or not be may or may not be somewhere where it's actually kind of cool but like mm -hmm. they're never wearing like mm -hmm. weather appropriate clothes no whereas like at least we see some big coats 
yeah huge coat that's the good part about season two because they had to do it obviously because of mel's pregnancy but also like she probably was living her yeah. best life because it was actually cold <laughs> like big like and she was able to wear coat. sweaters and like big yeah. yeah the big coats she was probably so I happy bet. meanwhile you got waverly in like short oh, skirts Lord. and a like a short sleeve yeah. shirt crop top but yeah. mel was probably so happy <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> mm. well like in the behind the scenes for especially season four like tim there's a part in the behind the scenes that people have probably seen but tim talks about like when they were shooting on that they called it like glacier lake or something like that no, the garden i don't know if that's what they actually called it something like that yeah when they were shooting like the garden scenes <gasps> like if someone would complain that they were cold tim would be like at least we're, we're shooting here. season four fight for <laughs> if i was cold like, and somebody said that to me i'd be so salty <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like like thanks yeah Where's he my just coffee? kept reminding them like why they were there but yeah i guess like it made them like actually be like okay yeah you're right tim okay let's stop complaining but i just i loved him so much for that you know what they need though for product placement is oh, they, they need tim hortons because <laughs> they they've always got the donuts and the coffee and like if yeah. like you know like every canadian watching it is like picturing it as tim hortons or like they'll remember it later and they'll think it was tim hortons because <laughs> that is literally everywhere all the time yeah <laughs> like there is at, even just at my school there's at least two on campus probably more and it's not even that huge a campus i was driving to canada this past summer and every single exit i passed there was a tim hortons and that's not necessarily the case here with like duncan and starbucks like you can go a couple exits and they're not there but like no canada every mm-hmm. single damn exit had a tim hortons and i was like this is coffee. it's like oxygen we can't live yeah. without it it is <laughs> like, it there's is good. a spot do downtown like there's a spot downtown where there's tim hortons they're two blocks apart and it's not even like one's in a mall and one's outside I believe no it. they're just two blocks apart there's two tim hortons That's ironically so <laughs> i do believe it though after after being in canada i do believe it yeah this conversation translates well to my question this week oh what's your tim hortons order? okay fine no. <laughs> well first i'm gonna go back to last week real quick about the hunger games as to what your strategy we got, we no got so many responses. Um, I was so happy. I think there's a lot of Bridget fandom said, overlap there. Uh, Hunger Games strategy. Hide and let the others kill each other. Go with Joanna's strategy. L was great. Uh, mm-hmm. Skip a doodle. Just shoot me in the first second. I'm not even trying. Oh, Eva said, climb a tree and hang out there till I inevitably die. Uh, other Alex, not so boring Alex, said, hide but make sure i have at least one weapon so i'm uh, really good at so i can try and defend myself when needed um and then amber from erpa film tweeted at uh asked would your weapon be that your charm and they had a little cute interaction because they're besties (laughs) there were so many responses though crystal said she they would simply die r.i.p to me uh sam and rally said hide as i count the cannons until there's one left and push them off a cliff and or drop or like drop a hive of tracker jackers on them i cannot speak to my guys sam, um, okay yeah speaking <laughs> of though sam can you can you say sam's username yeah one say more time? sam's username say again sam, sam one more time sam and really you said you said closer yeah. you're getting warmer it's okay really raleigh what you said raleigh at first did i i don't fucking know i don't feel good guys it's like Dive wimpy kid over here. I like that. Real quick, what would your strategy be in the Hunger Games? I haven't thought about that for a long time. I'm sure I have thought about it, but it's been a minute. I feel like definitely like subterfuge, like traps, tripwires, people who have teamed up, stealing their food, messing with their camp while they're asleep, uh, and then they'll uh, then they'll turn on each other. Nice. Back to the weather question, or the weather topic we were just talking about. We're talking about Tim Hortons. We're talking about snow. Okay. Okay. What is your favorite season? Not winter. My favorite season? It's fall um, when it's actually being fall. (laughs) Uh, A lot of the time, uh, it'll just turn to winter a little early. And this year, uh, it feels like we went, right now, it feels like we're going straight from summer to winter because like this like past week or so, it's been all like 22, 24 degrees it's hot and I keep thinking it's gonna be cool you're talking Celsius are on the that's floor. like 70s for us <laughs> and I want to I want to wear my toque I want to wear my toque with all the buttons and then today it was like 
under 10 degrees and like it's about to snow like this weekend <laughs> I'm like but where was where was the moderate weather and the That's cool the same breeze here. and now it's like windy and like, I just have like yeah. a headache it's kind of the opposite for us I was watching <laughs> the today show this morning which is like our like morning national show I watch it every morning and Mr. Al Roker he was telling me <laughs> he was telling us that so like we're experiencing the opposite of you right now, Alex, like it's freezing right now, but then this weekend it's supposed to be back up to seventies, which is probably 22 Celsius. I don't know the conversion, but that sounds about right. Um, so he was probably. saying that <laughs> I don't we know got either. a cold front. You guys over there have a warm front and it's shifting this week. So we're getting a warm front yeah. and y'all are getting a cold front. It is front. actually because last weekend I was super North on the lake in like we were wearing our swimsuits, um, like paddleboarding, kayaking, whatnot. It's been nice. People were jumping in. I'm not that crazy, but like this week, it's supposed to snow up there. So, um, Tay, what's your favorite season? Uh, five. Good call. <laughs> Rach, what's five? your favorite season? Mine's summer because I hate snow and I hate cold weather and I hate being cold. <laughs> she just got Tay's right. I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd go with spring because it's the start of baseball season. Oh, but also spring because Rach, you didn't because, say like go sports. You didn't say Hawaiian like shirts, Rach. Yes, that's mainly my favorite thing about summer is that I can wear Hawaiian shirts. It's too cold to do that in the winter. I think I need some of those. You do. I, Just get some long sleeve uh-huh. Hawaiian shirts. Here. And you'll be fine. Mm-mm. Oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was uh I was just gonna mention that they like specifically do mention like Alberta weather they like there's like the bit where like uh Mm -hmm. the wind is like howling through the house and like Winona's like having nightmares about like Willa and stuff and um and Waverly says something about like the prairie winds uh like the prairie winds mess like grandma always said the prairie winds mess with your head which is like I think a way of referring to Chinooks because not everyone knows what a Chinook is. I do, not. do you I know guys know what a Chinook is? Which is probably not what you're talking about. So I think there is some other parts in the world this happens, but it is definitely like a very like Alberta thing that happens a lot. And I don't know enough about like weather science to explain it as much as I would like to, but like it has to do with something about like mm-hmm. shifting winds and like stuff coming off the oceans from further away or something so basically like it can be like a really cold season and then you get these like um super warm winds coming through which means like unseasonably like warmer weather but it also means it's like super windy which can like give people headaches and like weird dreams and like for me arthritis pain I don't know if the weird dreams are common Mm. I get weird (laughs) dreams and apparently (laughs) I was going to tell a story but but people would think I'm probably and then there's also it, it kind of has Wait, to do with me. weather and it's kind of like people are gonna say I stole it from mean girls but I'm pretty sure it's oh, accurate God. right so I had to have I had oh, have surgery mm-hmm. on one of my breasts because I had like a benign tumor right and I had when it was gonna rain I could feel it like I literally yes you feel it in the scar tissue that's a normal that's thing, yeah, no, right? I believe you I my didn't scar- know yeah. that I I have scar tissue from like top surgery and from like my birth control implant and they will hurt. Uh, they will be more likely to like be sore either when there's like um, hormonal changes happening or when there's like no weird clue. air pressure changes. And I'll be like, why do my joints hurt? Why do my scars hurt? And I didn't realize that that was like a related thing that my scars were like hurting at the same time as like there was air pressure changes and that's like crazy pain. though. Like hmm. if you actually think about it, that's crazy. That's that's how the human body works wow so you're not stupid go for your shout out what's your what's your show okay um so tegan and sarah Ooh, ooh i i'm sorry I, you guys know yes. who tegan and sarah are, right? sometimes show. the younger yep. generation i don't know what they know and they don't know yes know who they are mm-hmm. they made they've made a tv mm-hmm. show um yep. high school um it's okay I'm mad that it's out in Canada yet for some freaking absurd reason. So it's been out for a little bit on uh, Amazon Freebie and it comes out uh, uh, in Canada on Prime on the 28th, I believe. But I got to see the first three episodes at the Calgary International Film Festival. Yeah, it's on my list because it's on on here and it keeps popping up. Oh, please watch it. It's fantastic. 
Plus, Kate Kate Drummond's in it. It yeah, is it's it, fantastic. Yes. The soundtrack is so good. The writing is so good. The acting is so good. It's mm. also got uh, Kobe Smulders. If oh, you ever fuck. watched like How I Met Your yes. Mother, <laughs> and she looks amazing. Oh yeah, like, I. That's extra oh incentive right there. All the gays in the room losing their mind over Col- Kobe Smulders as mom? Tegan and Sarah's mom. <laughs> Um, oh that's gonna be fun yeah she plays their mom i'm wasted mom jeans mm. good haircut mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. crumble okay so <laughs> be right back i'll i'll be back no, don't mind me i'm just gonna run away and watch that <laughs> yeah but like they actually like very specifically and explicitly like mentioned like they make so many references to exactly where it is and i love them for that like so many shows are like made in Canada or made in Alberta and they're trying to look like they're from somewhere else because networks and studios don't mm-hmm. think people want to watch stuff from but Alberta uh, yeah and even like the other movie I saw earlier that day is based on um, a biography of somebody who grew up partly in Calgary but they changed where she grew up hmm. to Ontario for hmm. some reason and they filmed it there and I'm like but why dumb <laughs> everyone just hates Alberta but yeah what a cool thing to get to go to that festival I was so happy and they sang a few songs and they spoke and they were there they were there they were there (sighs) and it's like they like came down in the audience to help their like friends and family make sure they found their seats and (laughs) he was like a foot away from me and I was like I have no chill I'm like hyperventilating right now you can hear the happiness in your voice this is somebody whose like music has like saved my life year after year and like who like I've had a crush on since I was like an element like uh, junior high school <laughs> so like there will never be a full level amount of chill when you meet your Been heroes there. Like... Done that. <laughs> it's overwhelming it's an overload for sure okay shout out to high school and that's on uh Amazon freebie in the states and prime in the in Canada I I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll be seeing that on Twitter like yeah, oh probably sure. it'll be like maybe it'll be the next thing um do you have anybody else that you would like to shout out um I would really like to shout out the uh, hosts of Xena Warrior podcast um because they have had such a big influence on the way I think about engage with fandom and media in general and like their hype about all the sorts of things that go into a show between like everything ranging from like the audience and the fandom to like all those like production and writing things like like that's what got me so hyped I I never really saw people like me talking about media that I like um who were who worked in who worked in film or tv or who were like in that field so like it never struck me to like do that but hearing that is like the reason it clicked for me to like go to school and do that myself I, that. Mm-hmm. I think we've all had those people in our lives that just like catapult us towards something great and give us something to look forward to and invest in and find other people through for sure that's a very good shout out um where can people find you alex i guess i'm technically on twitter i don't go on it very much i'm on twitter at suspicious blogger uh, which is spelled with there's no e before the last r um, and then on tumblr I am at a surreal underscore wanderer um, and if you check out the links I have in my bios I also have a specific uh, playlist on spotify that is queer country artists uh, always a work in progress always like adding to it and if anybody does send me like suggestions I can like totally add like artists suggested to me um and that was kind of also a response to like Winona Earp and reclaiming where I'm from so and we will link all of your everythings in the description of this episode to find you Rach where can the people find us our links for our social media and merch are in the episode description and everything you need to know about us is in the bios of our social media, which is a link tree link. Good job, Rich. The Stetson just came back on um, the screen. And well, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, <laughs> you can just find our Google <laughs> sign up form in uh, the link tree and the social media links and our Twitter bios and all the links are there. If you want to get a t-shirt or one of our pint glasses, we have merch available. 
in our store on our website. Uh, Alex, yes, thank, thank you, you so much, much for being here. This was so thank fun. you for sharing all of that with us. You are wonderful. Thank you for having me. I love me. getting to talk to an Alberta. So hyped to like get to, yeah, I'm so hyped oh, yes. to get to to like hype up like Alberta film and all that stuff. And I think it really doesn't get enough acknowledgement in the industry. Yeah, I think herbers are pretty good about it, but it definitely fades when it's not actively mm -hmm. shooting, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. This has been a great hour. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Until next week. Bye, all.